the team finally busted out for some actual offense, I'm going to pick on one guy that I'm still kind of waiting on. Maybe. Maybe. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Pirates 8! Tiger Zero. Want me to say it again? <laughs> no, it's already processed, I'm sure. Almost a surreal outburst of offense yesterday in Detroit, allowing the Pirates to split with the Tigers and to split town with some face having been saved. Rich Hill pitched well. Kutch had a big hit early on. Rodolfo Castro homered. And oh, by the way, Brian Reynolds went three for five with a double. And you want to know something? He's having a pretty nice season, if you're not paying attention. And what I mean by that is that his overall batting average is 296, which is outstanding in the modern rendition of baseball. He's got five home runs. He's got 23 RBIs. Oh, and guess what? In the month of May... He's hitting 250 with a 300 on base percentage, so that's down. But he's got zero home runs and zero RBIs. And no, I'm not a dinosaur who still thinks that RBIs are a skill. There's some guys that are better at it than others because they're more comfortable in that situation. But even those guys can't put people on base in front of them. And no one could look at Reynolds over this month and say, man, he's had guys all over the place because Brian Hayes hasn't been hitting. The guys at the bottom of the order haven't been hitting. And even if they had, his zero home runs would still amount to zero home runs. In fact, he hasn't homered since April 7. I don't even know if there's a significant percentage of this fan base that realizes that because of the outlandish first two weeks of the season that he had, and then how that two weeks segued beautifully into that contract. And before you get cynical that he got paid and then he got fat and whatever else, this is one individual who would actually torture himself all the more for going dry after putting pen to paper. Chris Halleck of DK Pittsburgh Sports was our beat reporter up in Detroit for the series. He asked Reynolds afterward just how he felt his swing was coming along, how his offense is coming along. Things are going perfectly, but I feel generally all right. So, um, you know, I just got to keep working until the tide turns. I've talked to you guys about this before, okay? That's what Reynolds sounds like. When he's not hitting the way he wants to, he can be short. He can uh, even snap back a little bit. And it's not at you as the reporter. It's definitely not at the fans or anybody else who'd be curious about it. It's at himself. He just doesn't want to talk about it. He gets he's cooperative because he's like that. He's professional because he's like that. But he's genuinely irritated. He knows 
this lineup counts on him for the long ball. He knows that the long ball and hitting 25 to 30 of them or whatever the more realistic projections would be is something that's supposed to be part of this offense whenever the team contends. And with the team being where it still is magically somehow in the standings, he knows he's got to be a bigger part of it. Now, what's the catch there? Because every hitter, every hitter from Babe Ruth onward, who was known for their home runs, will swear to you that they weren't trying to hit home runs. And that if anyone ever does try to hit for home runs, they'll end up just swinging out of their shoes and going back and taking a seat in the dugout. So it's been a little bit of a curiosity that in this month of May, six of Reynolds' 14 hits have been doubles, including one of the three yesterday again. So it's not as if he's not hitting the ball hard, and it's not as if he's swinging for the fences, because otherwise you wouldn't have doubles. The double that he had yesterday, in fact, was just one of those classic uh, Reynolds going the other way and poking a ball on a vicious bounce past first base. It was the antithesis of a home run swing. So he's not trying to do it while at the same time wanting to do it. My goodness, what other sport torments people like this one does, especially the hitters, especially them. Here's my answer to all this, and I fear that it's going to be pretty boring, but it also might be accurate. There's nothing to worry about here. Reynolds is going to end this season with 25-plus home runs. He just is. The fact that his power stroke went dry while the entire roster collapsed offensively makes it all the more conspicuous. The fact that it's gone on for a while now, the fact that it's been a streak that goes back to April 7, I'm sure magnifies it a little bit, certainly with him. But honestly, there's very, very rarely that I'll say something dumber than wondering about anything at all regarding Reynolds from the negative standpoint. That's actually the main thing I want to say today. Every single time it's even crossed my mind, hmm, this Reynolds guy, he might not be for real. He might not be this. He might not be that. I sound so dumb in the moment, but I'll sound that much dumber a week or two from now. So let's just remember this episode. Let's remember this subject matter whenever Reynolds hits a couple out of PNC Park this weekend. And when Reynolds just goes about his regular routine and puts together the line we all know he's going to end up with in 2023. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. 
North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Jessup, who asks, BK, serious question. At what point does playing a bunch of people before their appropriate level actually hurt their development? Because the Pirates are dangerously close to that at this point, in my opinion. Uh, Jess, even though you sent this pretty late last night, you're not specifying if you were referring to Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez. You mentioned multiple people, so I'm going to assume you're also referencing Nick Gonzalez, who's hit real well of late, another former first-round pick. Quinn Priester, who's pitched really well of late, another former first-round pick. But since you didn't, I'm going to go with the only guy that I think fits this category, and that's Henry Davis. Andy Rodriguez, I believe, can hit in the majors right this second, and I don't know that he'd break a bead of sweat in doing so. I don't believe that he's ready to catch. I don't believe that he's ready to do other things. I also don't care. I just want to see people hit the ball right now. But in Davis's case, my goodness, we're talking about a number one overall pick who was an established player at a set position at Louisville. He didn't just materialize on this planet as a professional ball player. He had a college career before that. And he's playing now as a mature beyond his years, and I'm talking about his personality, 23-year-old in double A. I do not at all prioritize his catching. I'm not sure he's going to be behind the plate when he's in the big leagues. And if he is, I don't know that he'll stay there. I've been saying this since he was drafted. I have had scouts from other organizations tell me that. And at this point in his career, it's beyond nonsensical to hold him down when his offense is so far above what everyone else is doing at that level that he's got this 1,100 OPS. And, and last night, just as an example, he had two hits and walked twice in four plate appearances. So he, he doesn't even make outs anymore. And if I'm pitching to him in double A, I'm not pitching to him. Okay? I'm just not. So all of this to your really, really good question, adds up to, no, get him out of there. Move him up, whether it's to Indianapolis, whether it's to Pittsburgh, but don't put him in a place where all of a sudden he's going to see no pitches. I don't believe that Henry Davis has anything to prove 
to anyone in management about his ability to take pitches. He's shown a good eye through college, through the minors, in spring training. Do you really want to see what he looks like when he starts hacking out of the zone? What's that going to show you? Then you punish him and keep him there even longer? Come on. This is, this is the most laughable thing that this management team has done in quite a while. And over the course of three years and change, there have been a few. There have also been some terrific things they've done, but there have been some that have been outright laughable. This one's climbing the list. Every day that Davis stays in AA, it climbs the list. Player-centric. Remember player-centric? That was the big emphasis when Ben Charrington was hired. Player-centric culture. We're not going to make players adjust to what we do. We're going to adjust to what they do. Okay, adjust to what Henry Davis is doing right now in Altoona. How about that? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow. 